Oklahoma archery, everything archery based out of Oklahoma for Oklahomans. Let's get it started. Hey, welcome everybody to another archery. Well, that was a, kind of a screw up, wasn't it? Well, I guess we could say we average 1.2. Welcome everybody to an Oklahoma archery. We're going to leave that in just to show everybody <laughs> what happens. This is really what it is. I'm David Bosca. I'm Neil Cooley. Uh, I'm Wendell Souza. <laughs> there you go. All David, right. David, I can't tell you how many times I've done that on, on my own podcast. Like, <laughs> I, I've got hours of like the first 30 seconds of a show. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's right. brutal, dude. It's brutal. I do. I also do a, a barbecue podcast because that's what, what we do is barbecue. Uh huh. And, we yeah, that's exactly. I always tell all the guests now. I average two point three, two point five introductions. So if I don't screw it up, that's where it's going to end at. I, I I, it, that's what happens. Is that right there, <laughs> uh, dude? I'd like to tell you guys. Um, I've listened to your. I've been listening to your show now uh, since your first episode, or I, I think you guys called it like your pilot episode or your tester episode. Yeah. I've fucking love it. I love your guys' show. It's it's awesome. Thank you. We appreciate that. Come we, along. We just try to we dance down we, there. <laughs> we try to we try to keep it as simple as we can because what we're seeing with the, a lot of the tournament shooters here, trying to get the numbers up at you know different state level shoots and trying to put together ASAs. You got a lot of people from the you know the hunting community that might not have a lot of target experience background, and I think for what we're doing. It, it's good to kind of keep it intro level because you got to get these people started somewhere. I mean, people aren't just going to go from, I got a hunting bow to, okay, well, let's go, let's go shoot some outdoor stuff. Do you got any skinny arrows? Mm -hmm. or you got any, you got an indoor bow or now you got to buy a three. So we, we, you know, we're not up here like we've done everything. Um, you know, don't have a, don't have an incredibly long list of accomplishments, but it doesn't mean that you can't help people along and, you know, kind of share it from the, share it from the, the driver's side view, so to mm -hmm. speak. Well, I love, like, on your guys' last episode, you guys were talking about indoor a little bit, and uh, you guys were interviewing, like, one of your your local badasses. Like, um, I, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he, he worked in a shop, you know, and he had worked, you know, started. Chris. Yeah. Chris. And, 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 you know, he was talking about his scores and, you know, how he won state and everything. And I, I freaking love that you guys, you know, cover your your local heroes, you know? Oh yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's it's truly the backbone of our sport. It's it's heavily overlooked, you know. And I'm not going to talk ill of Greg Poole or or any other podcast, but you know those are great shows. But they're truly just talking to the the upper five percent of archers, or even upper one percent of archers. And yeah. you know, Greg Poole be the first guy to tell you that you know that they're the industry. But but I think if you really look at it. We, you know, the the little guy, the hunters especially, are the industry, and the the hunters that get into Target. I mean, that's that's more of the like that's the backbone of it. You know, at least the backbone of the Target industry is is guys that you know start off hunting and they they want to get into Target stuff. I've always said the consumer, i.e., us, like we are archery. At the end of the day, years you're, ago, you're not wrong. Go ahead, Dave. Years ago, back in the, I started shooting in, 
I think is 1989, 1990. And I shot hard for probably 10, 12, 14 years. And when I was shooting on the PSE staff, which was the Oklahoma local, the every rep had a group of shooters and we worked just with the reps. And mm -hmm. I remember always working with uh, them guys and they always said that target archery is one and a half, maybe 2% of their total sales. Mm -hmm. The rest of it's all hunt. Mm -hmm. um, and I will promise you it hasn't changed much. Right. Very, very little change. If it, if it's anything 2% or maybe only half a percent, uh -huh. uh, if it's went up, it's went down. But yeah, I, I totally agree that I think that if target archers, me being included, cause that's, it's all that I do. Um, if we think that we're running this show in archery, <laughs> you got another thing coming. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. For sure, man. Like, uh, I, I target is like for those guys who picked up the hunting bow and didn't want to put it down in the yeah. off season, you know? So. Well, that's, oh. that's, that's how I got into it. Yeah. My very first bow was old PSD Fireflight had the steel cables and, and all that good stuff. And, I just oh, liked hunting that God year, dang. and I thought, man, I got one shot off. And a buddy <laughs> of mine told me about these hay bales with, with posters on them, and then it went to 2D targets, and oh, my gosh, I just fell in love with it. Dude, that's how we all got started, yeah. Yeah, and, big time, dude. So that's that's what we're trying to do is we just want everyone to enjoy and get into that. And mm -hmm. um, So – let, let's let let's tell everybody a little bit about Wendell Susan. T tell tell them what you do right now, uh, shooting and and hunting and and everything. Oh well, okay. Um, I'm I'm just a, a target shooter out of California. I should say I was a target shooter out of California. I'm kind of in a I'm kind of in a lull right now because my daughter's she's about to turn three, so she's a real handful. Um, but I fell in love with archery. I still love archery. Right. Um, much like yourself. And I, I started a podcast called Archer and Filtered. I actually started a podcast called Rudecast with my buddy Rudy Sandoval. And our goal was to kind of like write all the disinformation or like the, I don't want to say disinformation. We just wanted to correct a lot of the stuff that we saw on like Knock On, you know, like the, you see a lot of stuff on Knock On podcasts, which is just like, um, you know, buy, you know, buy this product, check this product out. I'll show you how to use my product. And we were like, well, what about all the rest of us that are shooting other shit, you know? And, or that, you know, the guys that are coming up, the guys that are shooting like, uh, 280 indoor rounds, like how can we help those guys get better? And then Rudy got progressively more busy working in the shop. And then I wanted to split off, you know, Rudy also wanted me to not, speak so coarsely all the time so then i did my my show which is where i just cut loose and um talked about like my own ways of you know uh how i've learned in archery and granted it's not you know my way is not the end all be all way and you know now you got guys like bodie turner and um and chris perkins and blake jerome and all these guys shooting like really high scores you know, my, my scores, my records are all kind of outdated, but, um, you know, it's not to say I didn't put a lot of work in and I didn't cut through a lot of, you know, BS, I guess that's sold to target archers to kind of figure out what's, you know, what's 
kind of effective. And uh, I think it kind of like goes over a lot of training modalities, basically. You know, there's some people that are like blank bail. Other people say don't blank bail. Well, you know, what if, what do I find works? Well, shooting a lot of arrows. I mean, you said it yourself, David, in the last episode, uh, getting on the line uh, and, yeah. and, and shooting is the thing that makes you this the way you get better. And, um, like I used to do jujitsu, they used to, guys would ask, well, you know, can I throw kettlebells, uh, to get better at jujitsu? And the guy was the black belt would say like, no, just do more jujitsu. That'll make you better. And it's the same thing with archery. You shoot in target archery, um, or even hunting. Like now I'm getting into hunting, right. And, and, and deer hunting. So I'm setting up a hunting bow, very similar to how I set up a target bow. And now I'm starting to learn all these little things that I, you know, you got to correct for broadhead flight, like what's important on a hunting bow. You know, we don't have to shoot next ring 30 times in a row or even a 10 ring 30 times in a row, but you got to make a good shot. You only get one and you got to make it a good shot. You know, it's, it's just all kinds of cool stuff. So I, you know, I started my podcast to help people out. Um, I, I said, I wanted to take the beginner guys and help them get to intermediate, kind of like the intermediate range. Um, and that's pretty much it. Now I'm kind of like, I want to do more podcasts, but my time's getting kind of, you know, wrapped up in this little girl. That's my <laughs> kid. And uh, any other free time, I'm going to go try to chase a deer. And then, uh, you know, I know Neil's going to hate this, but I also got a Matthews bow coming. And... You ordered you a title, did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and dude, all day today, when I was listening to you. I was listening to you guys while I was at work, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out with all kinds of hoy shit talk that I can drop on Neil." And and sure enough, I I can't. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> and I've listened to your podcast quite a bit too. And oh, I shoot the ugly thing. The bow tech. You, always... Oh, that's right. I listened to your show. <laughs> exactly. You said on the last episode that you got a Bowtech, and you were talking about um, increasing your holding weight. Yeah, you're going through the process of increasing your holding weight. Yep, yeah. And for the last little bit, I've been arrow testing and tuning, and mm -hmm. I sent Neil some of that stuff today and everything, and um, mm -hmm. I sent it to two three people, it. and I had two or three of them respond back, go, "You're up here. We don't understand what you're talking about." So oh, it I really love blew it. my mind. Yeah, it really uh, blew my mind on what what all people don't think about. So you, you see the Gen 2 Reckoning? Yes. Yes. I got the 39. I got a 33 inch draw. Um, God damn. So, yeah. And so. <laughs> it, uh, dude, David, David can scratch his ball. He scratches his knees without bending over, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a hindrance. Everybody thinks it's just the greatest thing in archery to have this drawing, but it's yeah. also a hindrance, man. Why is arrows are too fast? No, sometimes the length will will kill you on on um, because they're still sitting there. There's there's the 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 length is a huge issue sometimes. Yeah, so I know it's hard to find a boat. For you, it's going to be hard to find a boat to hit that hits that perfect draw length. Also, right? PSEs, you have to do some some trickeries too to get it right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I had a lot of cable twisting to mm -hmm. do on a lot of theirs. Absolutely. That citation that I shot there at the last of PSEs was a very good bow. And now I loved, because that one did go long enough. Now that mm -hmm. one I had maxed and it was fine. That one I actually shot at 33 and a half, 
which it was just their design, the way it was set up. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one I've got set at 33, and it's pounded. I, I'm loving it. Yeah, nice, nice. I wanted, I wanted dive into your uh, arrow testing because I, I do a yeah. lot of testing. Also, I have wacky theories. Like I have, I got bananas theories about arrow tuning and the the whole nine. Um, Neil, are you still shooting a Stratos? Yeah, I'm shooting. Uh, I'm shooting a 36 for indoor this year. Nice. Um, I've still got the one I bought off of you. That's my 3D bow. Um, uh-huh. I shoot them exactly the same. They're a uh, 28-inch draw with an eighth inch out of the grip, so 27 and 7 eighths. Um, nice. And I shoot them both maxed out. Um, indoor, I shoot my 27s with a 250 up front. Um, B- BTAC 27s. Yep, 250s for indoor. How and uh, about an inch and three quarters in front of the blade. So it's, nice. it's poking out the front of the riser. Um, mm-hmm. that, that arrow last year out of my 40 didn't like it. The 40 did not like it. I, I had to absolutely perfectly execute that shot to have mm-hmm. a chance at hitting middle. And that 36 is a little quicker and mm-hmm. I shoot it maxed out. So about 62.4 pounds as opposed Damn. to f- 59 and change, um, likes it a lot better. That, that arrow is gone before I can do anything bad to take it out of that 10 ring. What's your holding weight, Neil? You're holding like 19 pounds, right? 20 pounds? Uh, 75% let off. So, math. Math on there. Oh, my shoulders and fingers are hurting just thinking about it. No, it makes you you rotate (laughs) through that hinge a little quicker. Um, Dude, I hope someone from Hoyt sees this. That's that's a pro staffer right there. (laughs) No, it's great. great. I love it. They're they're running away from me as quick as they can. I, I like blowing Steve Anderson up. I'm like Steve, come come sell your bows in my local shop. And he's like not my not my deal. There's a guy for that. I was like, no, that's yeah. you, bud. You're you're the, you're the guy. I got your I got I got you right here. What, what do you need a guy for? He's like not not my not my bag, dude. Not my bag. I'm like oh, you're killing me, Steve. Come on. Shout out yeah. shout out to Big Cat if you hear this. I want some Hoyts at Oki Land. I'm glad you're still shooting the Stratos, buddy. It it I, I bounced around so much between my podium that I shot indoor with, and then I, I kind of started liking the spiral cams from the uh, Pro Comp Elite XLs, and I really learned to pull through the shot. Then I shot an Invicta with the DCX. Then I shot an Invicta with the spirals. Then I shot an Invicta 40 with the spirals, and it just I'm always always in between, and I just wanted to have one platform that I could shoot year round. And yeah. I got two two thirty sixes and one forty. I leave my skinny arrows on my forty, and it yeah they they they're, they're not there yet. Um, there it, it groups, but I, I fling them left for some reason that I haven't quite figured out yet. Um, mm. I was shooting the the nine hundred shot practice ends at sixty. I hit a, a fifty eight and a fifty nine. Pretty good at sixty for me. Started scoring. Good. Yeah, started scoring and dropped down to fifty fours and fifty fives. You know, just a little, a little too much push. Maybe not a great follow through. So something in there um, mm-hmm. might be a might be a little weak spined arrow. It's four hundred spine at fifty nine pounds. I leave it fifty nine so I can shoot U.S. archery if I ever want to, but I don't really want to. Yeah, um, <laughs> Kevin Wilkie told me right, and you know this might go against some of our theories that we're about to talk to, but Kevin Wilkie told me that. With a modern compound bow, you can't be too stiff on an arrow. He said you can yeah. go too weak. He said you can easily go too weak. But he said you can't go too stiff. If you tune that that bow properly, 
Um, and, you know, I didn't really believe him because I'm like a 500 spine shooter until now, until this year. I started shooting a I'm big fan of elite bows, which are arguably ugly, just as ugly as Bowtex. And uh, they got this ability to adjust like their limb pocket, which ultimately cancels torque out of the bow. PSE did something like this on their old expression. I think it was PSE expression or the bow that came right after the expression. And I uh, never really caught on, but you know, at least doing something similar and dude, it, canceling torque out of a bow. It's bananas what it does to your bear shafts. And then what it does ultimately to your broadheads and everything else that comes after that. Um, yeah. It's, you know, I'm kind of bummed out that I'm going to go shoot the title now, you know, but I've done, I've done fine shooting Matthew's bows in the past and, you know, anything that's going to make Neil gag a little bit, I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it for a season. <laughs> it, well, it'll, it'll, it'll just break my heart seeing you on the line with that Matthews, <laughs> but the key, the key word is on the line with yeah. Matthews. So you can you can do whatever you want in the privacy of your own home. It's when you bring it's when you bring it out in public and start waving it in my face that that's what that's that's where the rubber hits the road. Yeah. No, it's all it's all good. They're they're a good bow and they're doing they're doing a lot of innovative stuff with it. And I know the ones that the ones that we so? got locally are they're they're like flying that. off they're flying off the shelf. I had oh, yeah, one uh so my buddy Dan got a yellow one, and uh, they, they, I think they came out with a – they got a, a seafoam green one, a yellow one, and a black one at our local shop. And he nice. said yellow was all that's left, and it had 27-inch mods on it. He shoots 29 and a half. So he's like, you might as well shoot it. I ain't got mods for another week. So I was sitting there, shoot shoot a couple blank bell arrows with it, and everybody back there is trying to take pictures. I got a picture of Neil shooting Matthews. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. It's the end of the world. No, I want to. I want to see what the draw cycle feels like. I want to see what the, you know, what I, what I the, what it goes off. Yeah, yeah, like everything. It it, it was kind of dead. The the draw cycle I wasn't a huge fan of, but I'm more worried about what it does when it's drawn than getting there. But it's some people are kind of yeah, yeah. That's 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 what tells me a lot more than you know. Yeah, you can yank it back. It don't matter. Most of the guys here shooting. 3D ASA is 20 shots a tournament, so you yeah, man. Just, just jerk, it, jerk it back there. That's <laughs> yeah. You had to yank it back and then, and then yank it back again. <laughs> My it's so the hunting bow that I'm shooting now is the uh, the RX7 Ultra, yeah. and it's got the uh, the HBX Pro, and that's a lot of preload, and then it's uh-huh. butter at the end. Yeah, and that same cam that they that they got such good performance out of, it's kind of what they I think they made the HBT out of. Um, or at least they named it after it, right. but it's, it's all easy and then a big hump at the end. So it's mm-hmm. completely different draw cycle for a, what should be a pretty similar cam. So I don't know what's going on there, but, um, seven feels mm-hmm. like one of the best bows ever. Oh yeah. The draw cycles legit. And like if I had long enough arms, I shoot an RX seven for target. Oh yeah. But. I thought I I legitimate thought I thought about it. It it holds smooth with short bars. I've got six on the front and thirteen on the back, and it nice. it pounds. I like it. Uh, shooting a four hundred and forty four hundred and forty four grain arrow, twenty seven and a half inch draw at just a skosh under sixty five pounds. Care to take a guess on the foot per second? Three hundred. Oh, two forty seven. 
Oh, dude, that's, I, that's what I shoot for target, dude. That's my <laughs> <laughs> that deer. That deer I shot yesterday had time to duck, turn, barrel, barrel roll, and everything else before that arrow hit him. <laughs> He's watching the arrow go through. I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, oh yeah, oh he he was definitely looking back at it like, what just happened? <laughs> I was like, that's the end, bud. You think Matthews did did something innovative with that new bow? Because I really feel like they stole a lot of the reckoning. Oh, it, like what the reckoning looks like, the geometry of it, and yeah, they're like, yeah, this is the way to go for sure. I think not it's a, steel, I think it's not a, steel, maybe borrowed. It's just a, it's a carousel of ideas. I mean, yeah. everybody, all these engineers that they have employed, I bet they all missed out on working for NASA by two class ranks. I mean, <laughs> top top three get to go work for NASA, th- six through ten gets to go work for some government, and mm-hmm. ten through fifteen gets to go to Hoyt Matthews Elite Bowtech and PSE, oh, may, maybe Darton. I don't know. But yeah, the if the geometry specs, I mean the new Hoyt looks like a P it looks like an older PSE. True. So they're all they're all similar, but they yeah. made it to where a, a real seamless transition. The eight the eight ounce bronze weight on the bottom is exactly the difference of the riser cutouts from the old TRXs. So oh. having guys set their bars up, um, which we'll probably we've got a couple listener questions later about setting bars up. Um, don't don't let me forget to circle back to those. But that eight ounce big bronze looking gold weight on there you run your bars just like a trx and throw that weight on the bottom and it's going to be a real similar feel you can get the same kind of mass weight out of it or you can take it off and start from scratch so that with the uh i'd call it predatory marketing are you guys setting out a lot or is it just me no i got you pretty good mm-hmm. no we're good can you hear us yeah, that's what I say. Are y'all cutting out a lot or is it just me? I think it must be just you. Okay, well, that's good. Then that just means the recording's still going to record back on the, the platform. That's fine. I just uh, think if it's me, I'm not worried about it. If my, yeah. if my audio cuts out, I'm sorry. If I fuck up your guys' show, I'm so sorry, dude. It wouldn't no, be the it's... first time I've done shows and lost audio, dude. Oh, we, we've had a full 20, 30 minutes cut driving down the road. And he goes, we're going to we're gonna scrap it. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to scrap it and start over. So it, it does happen. But yeah, yeah y'all keep I think talking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into the other room real quick and see if the Internet's better. But y'all keep talking. I'm going to be right back. Okay. All right. But yeah, I, I think that for what they're doing on the riser design and taking that weight out of there while giving you the option to just bolt it on the bottom. So a lot of guys like that weight lower and lower um, out front. I'm seeing guys run their bars down angle. I'm seeing guys mount actual weights, you know, where your V bars mount Uh on the back of where your stabilizer mount. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big time. So that's just a, that's a great option. I wouldn't be surprised if they whittled it down and gave a, a, if I think, I think it weighs eight ounces. I don't know if I made that up or if somebody told me it weighs eight ounces, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had a four and a two come out after that, just Mm -hmm. because they're, their marketing accessories that are only for their bows, like their stabilizers and all the, the bridge lock stuff. Did you, did you order their bars with it? Or are you going to run your own bars? I can't afford those bars. dude. <laughs> they look I awesome. I, yeah, awesome, I, I can't afford them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to drop as much money on a bow just for the bars. I mean, dude, ah. you got to upgrade your press too. You need a wider finger uh, or wider bracket for your fingers on the LCA press. Oh, but I got it. I got to get one of those for my RX-7 as well. So, <laughs> well, I got to tell you, 
Dude, you make me feel really good about that Matthews bow, dude. I was getting kind of ske- like sketched out, but no. Uh, uh, we had Chris, Chris, and all of them were asking us. I said, "What do you got for listener questions, guys?" And he's like, "Well, what's he think about the verdict to the title? You know, have you have you got it in yet? Have you got to shoot it?" Oh no, I haven't. I haven't even got to shoot it yet. Um, okay, but you know, I have shot all the TRXs, and they shoot great. Draw cycle feels great. Back wall feels amazing. Same thing with the verdict. The The only thing that I put elite bows over everyone else is the, the ability to cancel torque out. And I'm not sponsored by elite. Like, you know, I, I'm going to switch to Matthews. I'm going to switch to the title and I'm going to, I'm going to give the title a solid, solid, probably year, year and a half to, to really see what that bow is capable of. Um, I'm pretty sure the title's just going off of a uh, top hat system, which has its limitations, right? You're just adjusting where the string is. So, uh, you know, I've done, I've shot just fine with that. You know, the difference is if you can cancel torque out of your bow, you can bear shaft tune, like right down the, you know, with mm-hmm. any bow, I can bear shaft tune to any yardage, you know, like right now my bow's bear shaft tune to 80 yards, which is stupid. It's like whoever uses that, whoever needs that ability. You know what I mean? I couldn't. Um, I don't think I could get one to fly that that far. I I usually just do it at twenty. Um, out of my three target bows, the only uh-huh. one that's really properly bear shaft tuned is my skinny arrow bow, my forty, uh-huh. and they're hitting straight six o'clock right un- right underneath the ones with veins on it, and that one shoots the worst out of all of them. My indoor <laughs> in my indoor bow is hammering. Weird. It doesn't just because it shoots a perfect bear shaft doesn't mean it's going to be a perfect bow. So like uh, the best scores I've ever shot have been with a Matthews bow shooting a slight left tear. Yep. You know, yep. Uh, and I think knock high, you know, something, something goofy like that. It's so. a good place to start. It tells you what, what it's doing coming out of the bow. But mm-hmm. as far as, is this going to make me shoot the best scores ever? Like my 3d bow shoots straight nine o'clock about three inches uh-huh. with a bear shaft. My indoor uh-huh. bow shoots high and right, mm, inch and a half, two inches. And they both uh, couldn't, couldn't be happier with them. And the one that bear yeah. shafts real, real pretty, just not getting, not getting along. <laughs> took it up, took it up to Yankton, wound up on the last bale with a couple kids that had a breakdown. And I think one kid was shooting his first tournament ever. I think he hammered him out like a, we got we got up to close at forty and he shot like a fifty eight or fifty nine. We're all sitting there next to him. Yeah, I get it, dude. I can't remember his name, but we we're all he, he was scoring with us, but he was he was <laughs> down there down there by his lonesome. And I was like, man, it's good. You don't, you'll figure it out. You yeah. get there, you get there, and you see people. I got to got to hang out with Dan Button and everybody. Just people that oh, you, Dan. dude. Dan's God. Dan's good. Dan Fucking is good. He's he's something. He makes it look yeah. so casual. Mm-hmm. And he's got such oh. a great personality about you. Yeah, I keep I keep telling him I was like, dude, pros are pros are down there. Down down. You're you're fifteen. <laughs> you're fifteen lanes too far to the right. And he goes, yeah. Nah, I don't I don't want none of that yet. And I was like, man, you better get you better get down there, and make a go at it. So, David, what's your t- yeah. take on bear shaft tuning? I'm curious. That's about the only tuning I do. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a paper tuner. Um, mm-hmm. I, I bear shaft to get an idea. And then mm-hmm. it's just, I stand and shoot to what shoots best. 
Mm-hmm. As you, as I can see the arrow flying, if I see a kick, I'll slightly start moving rest, left, right, up, down. And I I kind of go with eye and bear shaft. Um, mm-hmm. But that's it. I I don't I don't put much stock in about anything else. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm I, you know I I was a paper tune loyalist. I mess around with bear shaft now. I mean, with a Matthews bow, I'm pretty much just a paper tuning loyalist. I can't I can't get my bear shafts hit very good with a uh, Matthews, but like you guys said, it's you know you get a bow to feel good. It really doesn't matter what the tear is going to look like. You know, if you can get it to shoot. Um, I got a buddy up here. I'm a tinkerer. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. I, I don't, I don't deny it. I own what I own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I learn more from the slight changes and then change back, slight yeah. change, change back. Um, um, my brother's drag race. And I tell you, you don't get to make three and four changes on a car, change your air pressure and your tires, your gaps and your spark plugs, the octane and your fuel. Well, what made you go faster? You yeah. don't know. So exactly. with this, yeah, I, and that's what I love about the, the, the GN 239 is, man, I can make a slight change. If I don't like it, it just right back to where it was. And mm-hmm. now I can go to another direction with it. Um, yeah. versus the PSEs, which I would tear down a PSE and take me 30 minutes, um, put yeah. a half a spacer over, put it all back together and go, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure the strings aren't are on different or the cables. <laughs> you just don't yeah. know. Well, I yeah. hated it. He, I, I he, he's, he's absolutely traumatized me. He'll shoot a, he'll shoot like a two ninety nine with 25 X's, send me a picture <laughs> of it. And then 32 minutes later, he sends me a picture of a thousand pieces of this bow laying on a table. He's like, <laughs> I had to tear it down. I had, I had to tear yeah. it down. There was something in it that was clicking or popping or didn't like, I'm like, Oh dude, if I shot a T99, I'd hang it on the wall and retire. I'd be done. Uh, I've been there. And, and I, I've done it. <laughs> I've yeah. Done it. And I love this, the cam and I will admit I haven't moved it in two weeks. Um, so, good. Hey, I'm doing good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And, and I listened my, to your, your last, episode you said you were gonna tune it to a point and then after a certain point you're like i'm just gonna shoot it third october 31st was the deadline i had in my head to mm-hmm. where that's where i want to live with it um that's about that's about six months seven months of ownership of this bow and i kind of feel by that point the tuning isn't going to be the aspect after that it'll be me right. um right. I, I, you find all the nuances, what will work, what won't work, things like that. After that, it, if it's any change, it, it's, it's very minute. So yeah. I'm done with any real changes. Um, I've been playing with, uh, I, I always start out with my collective of arrows. I've got, um, aluminums and every carbon you can imagine. Um, and then I start with combinations of that, um, what I like, what I don't like. And, and you always kind of got the general idea of what will work for your setup. Um, yeah. uh, but most of the time it's, it's not what I got right now. Um, I've liked the, I like the Easton super drives. Those really shot well for me in the past. It's a good um, arrow. Like and arrow. in the past, uh, the black Eagles, I could never get the PS 27s to fly. Great. The mm-hmm. PS 26 is now I could get them to fly. But That's good. Just something about the 27s I couldn't make work for me. Um, uh-huh. And I never didn't know what it was. Um, and I shot um, 
good old um, aluminums for the longest time because, well, that's what flew. Mm -hmm. And presently, I got this in my head after getting this bow, I wanted to go stiff. I thought, well, mm -hmm. my idea of stiffness is, is the quicker it straightens out, that means it's going to be on a path. Either it's going to be on a path going left, right, or down the middle. I've got it. I can work that path out according to the string stroke on the string of where it's hitting on that knock. Now, yeah. the quicker it'll straighten out, the better off it's going to be. I went all the way down to 100 grain tips. I, I, by the way, I, so the, the the stiffest arrow shaft I could find in the 27s was the gold tip tri triple set, triple X's. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm shooting. That's That has what? has worked for me for four and a half, five months now. Hell yeah. Um, and I ended up settling. I started with 150, went to 175, 200 tips, back down to 150, 120, 100s, and I've settled on 120 grain tips. Nice. That is That seems to be my go-to. But granted, I'm only cutting maybe inch and a half off the whole shaft. Um, so oh, yeah, you got long arms. Yeah, but I'm there. It's right to the end of the the blade. Uh -huh. I, I, yeah, I, I don't have any overhang. It's that's, right there. That's exactly what I have. Also, a gold tip the triple, triple X, X one twenty one twenty point cut to half inch in front of the blade. Yeah. What veins I, are you running? Um. So I I mess around with veins like crazy. Um, it's kind of my, my weakness instead of, I do more fletching than I do shooting, but these are, um, flex fletch three sixties. Um, it's a, they're a straight clamp run like three degree offset, I guess straight clamp, but wow. like kicked over. So, I, you know, that, that, that's my formula right there. I've got the, uh, the three sixty flex fletch. Um, the, the X one, the new ones, that super stiff one that's uh -huh. built for um, fast bows and crossbows. That's uh -huh. the ones I've got. And nice. I've got, um, I've just been testing three and four veins today. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've been sticking with three, but mm -hmm. I've, I, I use a helical with the three degrees also. And man, I've got it curving. It, mm -hmm. when it comes out, it's turning instantly. Mm -hmm. And I, Hell, I run some of these numbers. I played with that. Oh, what's that one vein? The DCA vein. I thought that uh -huh. that was just the the coolest vein, and and I wanted to 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 play with it. And I bit the the apple and fell in love with his his sales pitch on it. And it looks I like an airplane was, wing, right? It looks like a yeah, F that's the Raptor one wing or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Fighter pilots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I fell in love with it, but it was it's very tall. It's mm -hmm. it's over a half inch tall. And I kept clipping my finger as it uh -huh. went past. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought, okay, I've got to go to. Well, first I, I tried a, another vein that was just as tall, and it was the height of the vein that was doing it. So I decided I, I have to go to a shorter one, and that's why I went with the FFPs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I did some testing on that, and then I turned around and um, I just loved the, the FFPs. I actually. The 3.6, this this is the way I test. I test at different intervals, and I test at 6 yards, 9 yards, 12, 15, 18, and 20. And mm -hmm. what I do is I actually clock the rotation of the of the knock to see how it, how many times it's turning. Uh -huh. right? um, 
at six yards, it made one full revolution. Wow. Okay. And then at nine, it's at one and a half. 12 is two and a quarter turns. 15 was just under three. It was at 2.9. So I, that was me estimating. You know, I could tell it's not all the way around, but it's beyond two and three quarters. Um, 18, I was at three full turns. And at 20 yards, I was over three and a half turns of rotation at 20 yards. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> okay. And, and I studied this. Um, and, and, and so, I, okay, to me, knowing this is one thing, but it's knowledge only if you implement it. What, what are you using out of it? And so to me, that's telling me that it's correcting very quick, immediately <clears throat> as it's coming out, six yards or is, is extremely fast. So my stiffness of my arrow is what I was trying to, to figure out. Mm -hmm. Is the stiffness working with this rotation? So I took one of the super drives and I did the same exact same thing. And from one turn at six yards with the triple X, I only got a half a turn with the super drive. Wow. And the super drive spine is what? Is it? Uh, 200. Two, 200? Two, and, uh, oh, no, no. 270. 270. 270. And then a uh, triple X is 150, right? Yeah. It's way. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Long story short, all the way down, all the way through all of it. I got one more full revolution at um, 20 yards with the triple X, with the stiffness. So to me, two things are happening, okay? Mm -hmm. To me, the first off is, is it kept growing as it got farther out as far as more rotation versus mm -hmm. the super drive. But it's telling me that it will correct quicker. So if it's straightening out faster, that means it's keeping its speed and not depleting going down range and, and, and that. Right. So, so I've seen, yeah. there's a guy who does, uh, I think it was a British guy who was doing vein testing, right? And it was on uh, shooting his hunting bow. And he's comparing three and four fletch. And what people noticed was when he's shooting four fletch, his arrow is bending more coming out of the bow, which is weird because it's just one more vein, right? You, you wouldn't think it's a lot. <laughs> But that arrow flexing is time that it's not like that energy is going into the flex coming back versus the arrow <laughs> turning over. It was so trippy to see. So I'm with you on a stiffer arrow correcting faster and and spinning out. Yes. Like this is this is and funny because I thought I was the only guy that was. <laughs> and today I tested three and fours uh -huh. on the triple X. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find? tested. Okay, this this is this was kind of mind-boggling for me at first. Um, the let me see if I will make sure. Okay, the four fletch I got. Okay, ultimately I got more rotations at nine yards and in. Sorry, twelve yards and in with the four fletch mm -hmm. than the three fletch. But from at the 15, 18, and the twenty yards, the uh, three fletch caught up with it. And it was a, a technically it's probably a 0.6 or just a fraction more rotation for the total 20 yards than the four fletch. Holy crap. So what I got was at six yards and nine yards, let's start with six yards, four fletch first. I got one point one one and a thirds rotation. Mm -hmm. I got just one and just a little over with the three fletch. The nine yards, I got one and three quarters rotation. 
and one and a half. <laughs> so at 12 yards, I got two and a half rotations and about two and a quarter. That was real close, or that st- that that kept it about a quarter turn, half a turn more all the way through, and that's where the difference stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 15 yards, I was at two and a, three quarters on the four fletch. I was at over two and a quarter, two and three quarters to almost three on the three fletch. So the speed in that um, uh, uh, three, it, it it was still working better than the four slowing it down. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, the 18 yards, I was at three and a quarter for a four, and I was at three and a quarter again with the three. Now at the 20, it was three and a half, and then just a little over three and a half. I I clock I, I put it down as 3.6. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't three quarters, but it was just a little over three and a half. And I I shot three and four times at every mark, everyone, just to make sure I did it right. And something that was impressive to me, both setups, if I didn't make a great shot, lost a quarter of a turn. It didn't matter which vein, three and four. So they were do they, they would do their job. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They would do their job. So out past 15 yards, the three fletch was more, it, it held its speed longer and continued growing the rotation and caught mm-hmm. up with the four. And out further, the four started slowing down because, and I know I heard people talk about the parachute effect at 40, 50, 60, 70 yards. I think I was starting to see that right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Between 15 and 20 is the point of diminishing returns for that extra vein. To me, for my test, my setup, my pounds, that's what I see. Now, I broke it down into percentages. Uh, uh-huh. If, let's say, on the the four vein, if 3.5 is the 100%, that was the full rotation, Um as far as rot- rotating, 38% of the rotation was in the at six yards. And then at the 1.75 at 15, it was at 50% of its total rotation at nine yards already. It mm-hmm. already spun half at only nine yards. Now, isn't that crazy? That's nuts. So the rest of it, yeah. And then um, at on the three fletch at nine yards, it was at 41.5% of its total rotation. So it continuously climbed throughout all of it and it would correct it all the way through. That's interesting. Yeah. So let me ask, do you think, um, well, I guess, I don't know, probably not, but do you think running a straight, straight vein with an offset could yield you more? I mean, I would think it would yield you less correction, right? Cause you have less surface going dead into it, but would it be faster? Because you'd have less drag. Now, drop each is another test that I play with. Mm-hmm. I, I I think speed is important even for indoors, and I do I do what I call a drop each test for. And these arrows only they weighed three fifty. I'm sorry, two fifty and two fifty seven. The one extra FFP is seven grains, and that mm-hmm. is it. So there's not any drop each difference except for the speed that I'm losing downrange. If I'm pounding the center of an X, I'm in the bottom of the 10. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Sometimes when you have like, like seems like a little more drag on an arrow, it, uh-huh. it 
penalizes you on your your weaker six o'clock shots. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I've been there. I so, know what you mean. So to me, speed is important on the indoors. So I even went and got some of those new um, ultra arrows, those Centrums. Centrums. The, Who makes those? those? The elite, that, that group that does elite. Oh, really? Yeah, they've got their own brand arrows out. They, they <laughs> released them about two weeks ago. <laughs> All right. And, and I just happened to find some 27s lying around. Awesome. And so I bought them. Yeah. I um, that. And the the differences between them and the gold tips is these are 200 spine, mm-hmm. but they're 8.8 grains per inch. So totaled out, they're 14 and a half grains with my arrow length, 14 and a half grains lighter. So mm, for me, I thought, you know, 14 grains is measurable at 20 yards in right. my drop world. But how do they shoot? So I did up three of them with my three vein setup and they're they're good arrow. I don't have a problem with them. The issue I had was the softness of the spine. Mm-hmm. I would kick them up high. Mm-hmm. Every now and then I it seemed like to where the, the stiffness, the stiffness, boy, is that a word? The stiffness of the, the gold tips straightened it out so quick on an imperfect shot that it still stayed within a 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but to where those um alta arrows they they would fly a little more erratic. And so mm-hmm. that's how I found the PS27s when I would play with those. Is mm-hmm. I just got erratic flight with them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'm not saying that they're good arrows or bad arrows. They seem to fly fine and they mm-hmm. group fine. But man, whenever it wasn't perfect, yeah, I would see it climb out the top of the X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or now, top of the 10, top of the 10. Is that uh, so... Let me ask uh, Neil: Are you on board with four fletch also, or a three fletch for indoor? My indoor arrows right now have a three fletch. Um, I run the uh, Q2I Gribs on them. Mm-hmm. I have a full another full dozen that I four fletched. Um, I'm gonna tinker with them a little bit to see if it does me a little bit better correction. Um, I'm re- I'm really liking the way the threes are flying out of the mm-hmm. 36 right now. Um, I had terrible luck with it last year on my 40. Switched it over to the 36, changed the bars up a little bit, and I, I went from a six power to a five power. And it's a it's a lot more forgiving. Um, I can have my pin touching red and catch X when it breaks. Damn. If I'm, if I'm, if I execute and I'm staring at the middle, that last split second, it'll, it'll save me. Um, I'm going to, eventually I'm going to try some of those four fletches. Um, I don't really know when, probably November, December, just tinkering around with it. But right now I'm just running the threes and I've I've got grip, just gribs on there. Uh, Q2I and flex fletch is pretty much all I'll shoot vein wise. Um, I, I know there's a lot of, I know there's a lot of good stuff out there, but I really like the way they seat. I'm not very mm-hmm. good with the, I'm not great with the glue bottle. Um, <laughs> if it's, if it's not idiot proof, I'm probably not buying it. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah I, you, I, I went and saw the guys at Q2I and I was like, yeah, I run a Griv on three for indoor. They go, have you tried four? I go, well, hell let's just try six. And they go, that's a great idea, man. You need <laughs> two, 200 packs for you. And I go, yeah, ring it up, baby. It's just money. <laughs> so they, funny. they, they liked the idea of a six fletch. They were all about it, but yeah, I've mm-hmm. got some, I've got some four fletches. I haven't tried them yet. I'm going to, I'm going to get an indoor shape and, and get, you know, I'm consistently right now. I'm low to mid two nineties. 
Um, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put some work in. I'm gonna do my blank bailing and and, and get serious about it. Now that I got this deer killed, um, nice. I was I was I was nervous. Didn't know if I was gonna get in before the. We're, we're hunting right but right in the uh, right in the middle of two major highways and a bunch of gun hunters. So I had to, <laughs> I had to get it done in the first two and a half three weeks of season. And now that he's in the ice chest and dropped him off at the taxidermist this morning, I can get back to shooting indoor like the Lord intended. <laughs> it's indoor. Dave said, get this hunting out of here, man. You need to get it done. We got indoor indoor stuff to shoot. Um, Anyone listening, uh, go to Neil Cool on uh, Facebook and look at the picture of this buck he shot. It's amazing. I'm fucking jealous. <laughs> yeah. I, wish we had put- bucks. I wish we had bucks like that in California. Which, oh, I'm sure California hunters are going to say, oh, we do. But <laughs> I, I don't see them. Hey, y'all, y'all's deer, are, are those are blacktail deer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The ready the the deer. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's, you were joking we'll about this fletch. What's that? Uh, you were joking, Wendell, about the six fletch. For mm-hmm. two years, I shot six fletch on my PS twenty sixes. Uh huh. Dude, striped it. I I, I I'm not gonna. I, it might have been an anomaly. That's a big word for us Okies. Okay. Um. <laughs> Asusas are Okies. So even though I'm from California and I sound retarded, uh, my my family is is from Oklahoma. So is it really? Yeah. Cool. So I, I have mad respect for you guys. <laughs> but when, when's I, the last time you were in the state? Yeah, I've never been. I was going to say been. you're the you're the first archery Oklahoma podcast guest that has never been inside the state border. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to. I know you guys have like that little section of the state that's like lawless or something, right? That little that panhandle panhandle part yeah that's where i'd live <laughs> yeah my uh my buddy chris castillo that was the uh the original founder of triple c archery he's a uh sheriff or a trooper out there and he goes yeah dude it's he's in charge of like the all three counties that are just the panhandle and colorado on one side kansas on the other texas yeah. over here and it's it's wild he's got the bandito motorcycle club oh running through God. there every other day i'm like don't pull him over Jesus. yeah it, california it, was bad yeah, it's it it's it's pretty wild out there, man. But it's probably uh, still better than California. But <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he get, he gets to hunt antelope and mule deer, and I'm over here climbing a tree for a whitetail. So you know, you got you got some wildlife diversity in the state. So yeah, those whitetail bucks look so amazing, man. Oh, dude, they're 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 fun to chase. If you can beat their if you can beat their nose, you, you're you can make a play on them. But they're they're smart. Um, yeah. Are we? Uh, are we segueing into to hunting story time? Or are I should say, man, tell tell us about what you did. Unless you got something well, else. we we put up trail cams last year on our little forty acres, and and we we usually just have pretty small bucks and and shoot a lot of does and stuff like that. So it's it's nothing major, but we put these cameras up last year. And we had this big ten point running around. I'm like that gum, and we he was semi regular. I just could never could never lay eyes on him and finally saw him first time january 2nd of last year had him broadside at 18 yards sitting in a ground blind drew back shot right underneath him i went and picked my arrow up out of the ground and i had a i was shooting tack veins at the time which shame on me um 
had, I had one of my veins laying in the dirt. Didn't catch a limb. Didn't catch a deer. He just stood there, but I couldn't, I couldn't get a second shot off. So I, I, you know, I was sick all year thinking I missed my, the one good buck we're ever going to see on this property. Missed him at 18 yards broadside. I was over here shooting some outdoor at dad's and, uh, I got a spot and scope and saw some bucks running down there through that spot and scope and wheeled it over to 60, 60 power. I was like, well, that's that we, we named him Steve last year after our, our good dear buddy, Steve Wingo. Cause you know, nothing will infuriate you like this deer and Steve Wingo. So we named him, we named him Steve and he came back. I mean, he was looking good, had an extra kicker, a little bit better mass. And I watched him all September on my cams and had him come in Sunday night he hadn't been there for three days and six thirties about the time he comes into that corn feeder. And it was the, the first day of season was October 1st. And I've been threatened within an inch of my life by Chris Hammond and Josh Jacobson and pretty much everybody here saying, don't hunt the mornings cause they bed right by where they eat. So I'm, I'm hunting in the evenings only and, uh, Hammond and everybody else, they kill a lot of big deer. And he goes, man, you can't go in there that first morning. You're going to booger him up and you'll turn him nocturnal. You won't see him again till after Thanksgiving. And so I held off and I was sitting there on the first night of the first night of the season, six 30 comes on. He just like, I mean, couldn't have timed it better. Here he comes, had a couple of does on the field already and a little spike. They got run off when these two bucks jumped out. He's got a little eight point running buddy. And, uh, this doe kind of, she, she kind of picked up on me reaching for my bow off my bow holder and she didn't really like it. And he was 40 yards away to the feeder. So it's, it's a poke with a hunting bow. My, my ground blind set up at 18 yards. We like 18 yards a lot better than 40. <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot more, uh, uh, high percentage shot. So I will say, and, uh, this doe caught me, caught me reaching for it. You know, the old Western movies where they try to draw as quick as you can and, you know, wasn't the fastest gun in the West. And she snorted at me and blew. I don't know if y'all's deer do that out there, but they'll kind of, they'll kind of wheeze and stomp and let everybody know that something ain't right. And they just turned tail and off they ran. And I was like, Oh, just sick to my stomach as first, <laughs> first night of the season. And I boogered him up and there he went. I, I ain't going to see him again till January, probably just absolutely kicking myself all the way back home. And uh, got back out there the second night, and 6.30 rolls around. I'm looking off to the west in the trees. see a couple of deer come in. All right, this is good. This is good. I had a couple on the field. As soon as I saw that first one pop into the little food plot, I grabbed my bow and spun my tripod around. I'm up about 15 foot in the air. and a little. Uh, it's got a turtle shell on the back, so I got some uh, protection against getting silhouetted. First deer in the field, grab my bow, sit it in my lap, turn it around, said, all right, we're, we're not going to get caught reaching for it tonight. And looked at this buck coming in and it was a little eight point that he runs with and I could see something else back there behind him. I'm like, well, it's a 50, 50 shot. It's either him or somebody else. And he walked out there broadside, 40 yards, headed straight for the corn, put a full metal jacket in him, went down in a hurry. Um, he ducked and rolled because of my super fast Hoyt bow at 247 foot per second, clipped his spine, went down, put a follow-up shot on him, but didn't have no tracking. Um, just took two to put him down and he's in the cooler right now. Um, wow. it was, yeah, that was first, uh, he, he might squeak by and make the Pope and young book. I, I don't know. I, I didn't have my taxidermist score him. You got to wait for him to, I think they shrink up just a little bit. If you score them now, they're, it's considered green. So they, you got to wait, I think, X amount of days before you're allowed to officially score them. But he he might make the book. Um, I'm super proud of it. Uh, it was something that, 
you know, two years waiting on this deer and you're hoping that the, we, we got, we got gun hunters to both East and West of us. And mm-hmm. I kid you not when it's rifle season or the week before it sounds like Gettysburg back there in the trees, <laughs> I'm sitting in the ground blind and you got guys just over there. It's like, you're not even sighting in. You're just wasting lead at this point. And it's, I mean, we got a nice little 40 acre patch right in the middle of it. And they kind of come in here. It's quiet. And you know, that box kind of, that ground blind kind of smells funny. And every time we go in for a bite of corn, one of us dies, but <laughs> You know, just hoping the gun hunters didn't get him first and um, just real, real, real stoked about it. But the bow did, bow did good. Shot it with a hinge. My buddy Rick Gilly said, he goes, yeah, shoot that, shoot that hinge. Get away from that wrist, that wrist strap. Mm-hmm. And Dave Bosk is the only one that shoots one of those anymore. So I gave up on that after the uh, state broadhead shoot when I punched myself right in the face, drawing my hunting bow back. Um thought I, oh dude it was bad we got it on video too we went we went live for one target and i clipped it on and dave swears up and down that it just didn't reset but i got that bow about two inches back and hit myself right in the nose wow. got it on video got it on super slow motion everything it was so i set it up with the hinge a uh, mm-hmm. little back bar with about 13 ounces and put one in the bread basket got got lucky got, got away a, with the high one you ran a click on your hinge or no click no click, never click. You Clicks the out. devil. You're yeah. hot or cold. Very cold. Very cold. I'm Very bad. cold. Don't be <laughs> don't be scared to tug on it. It'll go off. You just gotta <laughs> you gotta you gotta just keep pulling, pulling. I, I didn't think that thing was ever gonna go off. I, my pin was bouncing around on him mm-hmm. everywhere. I was like, you're gonna have to pull on this at some point. Mm-hmm. He ain't gonna stand there all night. Sent it and he went down and all his buddies ran off and left him just like that. I was like, man, I hope my friends treat me better than that. They was gone. <laughs> what, uh, what kind of hints you shooting? Uh, HBC small. Nice. Shot. got it. I, sh- I shot him with the one I got from, uh, Darren and bet, uh, my DB customs, co- custom coatings one. Oh no shit. Yeah. I got it. I got That's it back from, cool. him. He, he, he had it for a month or so. And I was like, Hey, I, I got to get it by October 1st. I, I sent him a picture of that deer. I said, I lied to you. I needed it by October 2nd. <laughs> because <laughs> i didn't want to i didn't want to have that gold up there sh- if the sun hit it you know they're brass but they ain't, they're not real shiny but i'd rather have one you know blacked out just in case but i carry two oh, of them because awesome. when when that deer comes you get a little nervous start shaking if i drop it i got another one i can pull out of my bino mm-hmm. harness right yep. there but uh yep hbc small no click hell yeah dude. Best, i'm hunting with best they ever made. Also. yeah yeah that's i was I was scared of it. You know, uh, I didn't think that a hinge was the best way to do it, but when you're shooting that trigger and you get a little, you know, it, it buck fever is real. You can shoot all the dots and 3d and everything you want, but that living and breathing one steps out there and boy, oh, yeah. we're shaking. We're shaking. Oh, yeah. uh, it'll, I mean, it'll turn you, it'll turn you into Mitch McConnell real quick. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that soul left his body. You get the heebie jeebies, man. <laughs> oh dude. I was, I don't know how I, I figured he'd hear that platform up there shaking. It was like that tree's <laughs> rat, that tree's rattling. There's acorns falling all around. It was crazy. But, uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're real, real, real happy to get that one knocked off and get back to shooting some indoor. Now I brought, I brought my indoor bow up here. I'm going to go shoot at my, my hometown range is Tulsa archery, but I haven't been, haven't been by yet. Been, been lazy. Haven't, haven't, haven't been putting the work in. So we'll get, we'll get back around to it. They got a Thursday night jackpot up at the arrow shop. Um, so I'll be, be here. What is this Tuesday? A couple of days from now, I'll probably go, go roll some heads at the local, the local shindig, the local get together. Hey, let me ask, um, for, question for both of you guys. 
a week of practicing, about how many arrows are you guys putting down over through the course of a week? Oh, that's a good one. I, I can shoot my own warehouse um, in my business and everything. Um, I go out and shoot probably four to six ends in mid-morning, go back to the office, do some stuff, and go back out. And Normally, we shut the warehouse down at 2, and then I'll shoot till 4 o'clock, um, 4.30. Nice. Um, sometimes, if things have got a lot going on, I'll, I'll only get about an hour in. And mm-hmm. when I'm shooting there... I don't stop. It's just, I, I shoot, roll, pick up and come back. I, so yeah, there I get, I can get a couple games in two, three games real quick. Um, yeah. and today with all the um, testing I was doing, man, I, I have no idea. I know I was tired when I quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Testing yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll shoot probably six out of seven days. Yeah. Nice. I'm probably between four and six hundred a week. Um, if I'm blank ba- if I'm blank bailing at my house, I shoot groups of six because I, I got to stay. You can't just shoot the Vegas because when you switch to five spot, it, it wears you out. And I love, I love, I love five spot. I think that is the best thing you can do for your mm-hmm. shot process because it's yep. so it, it's it, it's so big. You just park it in the middle and and roll. Whereas mm-hmm when I shoot a Vegas face, I over aim and my form goes out the window because I could see it. So without the six power now going down to five, the blurrier, the better. I told a local kid, my buddy, Austin McDowell, uh, said, take that clarifier out, dude. You tell it's the middle of the yellow. He's like, I can see the X and I just can't. I was like, why, what do you need to see for? It's in the middle every time. I swear they won't, they won't box that that box of targets up if they're not perfectly symmetrical in the middle. So take that clarifier out and shoot it blurry. He goes, that's awesome, dude. I shot, you know, he shot, shot him a good score real quick. And then his, and then his brand new title came in and he was putting the clarifier back in and abandoned <laughs> all his, abandoned all his archery learning and teaching. I was, I was coaching him up real good. Um, I've, but I've heard if I'm just they're really good, that will step down a clarifier. Oh so yeah. It's fuzzy, and so they're not looking at all the detail. No, sorry. Mm-hmm. You'll go on. No, if I'm blank bailing, I'll shoot groups of six, at least 10, 20 at the most. So 60 to 100 arrows, it just four, four or five yards. Um, I don't really know if it's truly blank bailing because I'll shoot, uh, I'll just park the whole dot in the middle of that that black spot. Um, it's uh, like the spray painted ones. So I, don't, I don't put a face up, but there's markings on the target, you know, or I'll pick a hole or something like that. So between 60 and 120, a couple of times a week, if I'm good. And I usually go hit the, if I hit the indoor range, I shoot probably two games for sure. And a bunch of practice ends in between, sometimes three. Um, I get tired right now after about five ends. And I I was talking with Dave and I'm trying to either shoot only two practice ends or no practice ends. Cause I know, Mm -hmm. you know, tournaments Saturday morning, Sunday morning, you're going to get six arrows and then it's time to go. So I'm trying to go right into scoring Sometimes, sometimes without even a practice in, I got to say, okay, let's make these first, let's make these first ones count. Let's get in the, let's get in the zone and, and find it and stay there. But I'm, I'm tired after five, six ends. I mean, I can, I can feel the bow getting heavier and I know it's a, it's a stamina thing. I might need to do a push up or something. Um, get in you know, archery, you know, it's a sport for athletes. <laughs> Chris, yeah. Chris Simmons said it's a sport for unathletic people that couldn't do anything yeah. else. That's what I tell people when people say like, are you sure you can carry that? Are you sure you can run that far? I'm like, dude, I'm a card carrying professional athlete. I can, 
I can do it. Um, dude, what you're talking about, my buddy and I call cold bore scoring, which is where you start scoring with zero practice ends. And I think mm -hmm. there's a benefit to that. But I also think there's a benefit because David was talking about on the last episode, you got to practice. You got to get in the exact um, rhythm that you're going to be competing in also. And I, I've had really good cold bore scoring sessions. And then I've also had practice sessions where you shoot your first six arrows perfect. And then you're like, okay, now time to start scoring. And then the pressure changes. Or, you know, like your, your mentality changes to where like, oh, fuck, what did I just do six perfect for if I'm going to think about it now? Yeah. So I think there's a benefit to all that stuff. Like I, I practice on a five spot Vegas pace. Mm -hmm. So I know, I, you know, I know David hates the five spot. Um, I think there's, I, I think there's a benefit to shooting a lot on the face that, you know, like you're going to be shooting like the Vegas face, for example. Right. And then I think there's something to be said about getting a lot of arrows in and cutting down the time that you're walking to the target to pull arrows and score and all that. Granted, the rhythm is totally different. Like the rhythm is totally different than when you go to like your local indoor shoot, you're shooting three, then you're going to come back. You're going to wait. Beeline's going to shoot. Right. And then you go, yeah. you know, you fuck around on your phone or you talk to your buddy or whatever. And then, and then you shoot after. So the rhythm's totally different. Um, you know, and I'm no, I'm no Bodie Turner, so I can't tell you one way is better than the other, but I, you know, the way I do it is get as many arrows down range as possible. And, uh, I, yeah, I'll hang two of the vertical yeah, targets. It, exactly. Yeah. Six. Mm -hmm. And if I can get eight, 10 ends before I feel like I'm getting tired of six like that, then I know I can do 30 shots mm -hmm. with six, eight minutes between each end. So yeah. I feel yeah. comfortable with that. So that's why I like to do what I do just like that right there. I like that, Dave. I, I've done that same thing and had great success with that exact same training modality, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. And I think it should be said, I'd be doing a disservice to tell it, you know, if anyone listened to this and thought, you know, Wendell puts all his weight on the arrow, you know, the arrow build and the, like the science that we're talking or our science, I call it bro science, right? Yeah. Um, about the, the way we build arrows or what we think is happening with that arrow. I think indoor archery specifically is closer to cornhole than it is precision rifle shooting. And I think, you know, I think anyone can make an argument and tell me I'm wrong and make a point, uh, you know, against that. But if you consider, you know, what we're doing is, is 20 yards. You see a lot of guys get real successful at this using really wacky, like, for example, arrow builds or bow setups, right? Everyone goes kind of a different direction with all this stuff. Uh, what we are looking for is what's the thing that you can hook onto and gain some momentum, share with everyone, and then they can take it their own way, right? Um, but I think the thing that helps people the most for indoor is beyond arrow build. I mean, even over arrow build is going to be reps and pretty much what you just said, hanging two target faces um, and gunning as much as you can throughout the week. Both of you guys shoot a lot of arrows. And I think that's 
solid. I think like uh, when I was at my my most like competitive form, that's what I was doing. It's what you guys are doing. So I think uh, middle of indoor, I I you always think that you're in good shape till you go to your first league night or your first tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pressures of the line, the pressures of everybody around you, and your adrenaline is there. And I was, I, I'm, I'm going to rabbit hole this real quick. Mm-hmm. I was listening to one of our local sports animal today. They were talking about the hype of the, like this weekend is the big OU Texas game, mm-hmm. and the the main job of the coach is to make sure that the players don't overdo their self before the game starts. They're going to get so hyped up. The pregame warm-ups are going to be jumping. They're going to be bouncing, warming up. They have a better opportunity to play the first quarter before the first quarter. Then they'll be out of juice by the halftime or third quarter. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I and that's what I feel like happens in archery tournaments. We get there, our adrenaline is going, we burn so much in the first three and six and nine shots because we're trying to overhold, overpush, overpull. We wear ourselves out so much. So my goal is is to buy, I don't know, I'm going to say six weeks into indoor season, I want to be at my going into Vegas stamina already. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I signed up today. I've, I've got plane fare, I've got hotel, and I've got entry fee paid for uh, Lancaster right now. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Dave. Um, Way to go, man. And I, I'm not going to go do Vegas. Um, I've got other things going on in the world, but I'm not Dude, a fan. You gotta of, do, Lancaster's on my bucket list, man. You got to hit that event at least once. I, I, I've done it two, two times. I've done it twice, and I love it up there. It's just, it's absolutely fun. Done indoor nationals twice. Um, let's see. And Vegas, okay, I'm not saying I won't, but eventually I will. And until they change the rules, I mean, I, I'm an old man, gray-haired, um, ain't got no muscles anymore. I'd have to go shoot with them young guns in there that's 19 years old. And that's not cool, in my opinion, dude. They're, they got to they they break an ankle and, and mess up a back to get close to my, my setup. Um, so uh, I, I may go do Vegas just so I can say I can do it. Um, here's that rabbit hole. Y'all see where they're moving the the venue? Yeah, they're going to announce it right at this Vegas. Yeah, I don't know where it's going, but yeah, they, I did see that they're going to be moving va- the 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 venue. So yeah, anyway, but yeah, I did not I did not see that. I have I booked I booked way too early last year and paid like two hundred dollars more than I should have. Mark Tackett's still giving me grief about it, so I'm gonna wait. <laughs> I'm gonna see. It's my uh, it's my yearly anniversary trip, so I probably won't get out. I'm, I'm obligated to go for the, you know, health and sanctity of my marriage. <laughs> it's our our annual pilgrimage to Vegas. Well, this year it's at the same place. It's 2025. It's going to mm-hmm. be in a new spot. Right, it's the next one. Yeah, Neil, you going to do Lancaster? I'm 50 50 on it. I got some friends that live up there about 40 minutes away, so I might make it a cheap, might make it a cheap one up. Go fly out fly out with Dave and stay with the homies. They're about 40 minutes away. I was like, Hey, if I'm, if I'm not renting a car, you're, you're on the hook for chauffeur duties. They're like, yeah, we got you. No worries. I was like, it might snow 50 inches overnight up there, but, uh, 
they say it where they're from Pennsylvania. It's Lan- Lancaster. We're like Lancaster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, go up there, up, up up in the Amish world. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm fifty fifty uh, on it, but I I should if I'm if I'm shooting good if I if I stick to my my one rule for myself for indoor archery this year is don't aim. At no point aim. in my shoot at no point in my shooting aiming is just over aiming. Are you doing you dr- the uh, shot IQ program at all? I have it. I've bought it. I've done it. I've, I was, I, was, I won't say what's it, what's the, how's it go? It's not working for me. I'm working for it. There it is. There's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of over technical terms um, <clears throat> that uh, if there's two kinds of people, some people watch it and they get it and it clicks and it works for them because it makes your, it takes you out of your own head enough to focus on something positive and focus on your mechanics and everything. We had the guy, <clears throat> Tom Clum, or plum or clum, something like that. He's the mechanics guy that works with Joel. Joel uses all the fancy buzzwords. Tom's the guy that does the mechanical part, the shooting part, the actual hands-on. He doesn't have his face out there on it, but he he was he came last year, and it was when Gilly and I went to that safari shoot in uh-huh. Indiana, where I met uh, met Blake Jerome with that one. It was the first year I went mm-hmm. to the Bass and Bucks thing. He came local and did a big seminar. He does one day for compounds, one day for recurves. He's the guy you really want to pick his brain. Um, but yeah, the, the the jargon and the vocab words, it's all fine and good. But it, it helped me get out of my own head because indoor last year was a struggle for me. I was getting better at hitting the middle. And mm-hmm. when you get better at hitting the middle, you make it harder. So yes. the easier yeah. it is, like my shot process, I set my grip, clip that little hinge on, draw anchor, center, focus on my grip pressure, follow through and stare at the middle the whole time. Anytime you're trying to jerk it, you're going to overreact and you're going to, you're going to over aim and it stops that pull. Once I get it on the paper, we're starting to pull, we're starting to pull. We don't ever stop pulling. We're staring at the middle and on good ones, like my shot timing breaks down. If I'm at 12, 13, 14, 15 seconds, it gets ugly. Get the hiccups. I'm running out of, I'm running out of oxygen in my eyes. Everything's getting blurry. It's just not good. So I, I get those ones that are eight, nine, 10, 11 seconds. Those are good shots. And I can stare at the middle and my pin can touch red and I can catch an X. And mm. it's, it's happening more consistently. And I'm just like, just don't over aim. And anything mm. in my head that's telling me, no, it's not there. Like, as long as I'm not leaking pressure on the front or leaking pressure on the back and I'm pulling, that hand's going to follow through naturally. I'm going to stare at it and the air is going to go there. So if I don't get too far off of that, I'm going to for sure hit probably indoor nationals, maybe Lancaster, 95% sure in on Vegas. And we'll see about the rumble. Um, we we're going to try to hit Iowa, but that one's, that one's gone away. And then I saw, um, mm-hmm. Blake Jerome starting him up, a a West coast pro pro am capped at 64 shooters thing. I was like, Hey, mm-hmm. yeah. so the wife said, you want to go to the Pacific Northwest? She goes, yeah. <laughs> you want to watch me shoot archery for two days? No. <laughs> She's like, do I? <laughs> I'll get a rental car and go find something to do. And you can go have fun with your friends. Yeah. I've been watching <laughs> David, you doing shot IQ? Yes, I did it. And the way I think and the way I try to analyze and go through things, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. But then it got in my head. Mm-hmm. So I had I have to I don't think that way anymore. I have to yeah. I shoot. I, I let it try to be subconscious now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if I try to control it, I am controlling it. 
yeah, all the way through. And as I thought last year, or sorry, this year, I was I had some terrible, terrible target panic, bad. Mm. Um, and I kept I kept going exactly what I kept trying everything. I'd go back and re rewatch that. I'd, I'd do this. I'd do that. I'd do his tools that he would go with, and I and it didn't change anything because my mind was still step 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 and, and mm-hmm. okay that didn't work so it took a long time for me to get over this and now i've just i'm just going back to the basics of what we've mm-hmm. always been taught and taught and let it be complete subconscious and it's working now uh, yeah not saying it doesn't work or didn't work and it probably did I, um, well, no i'm with you because i i think these different ways of looking at it kind of hook into different you know depending on how people think different different mind types brain types or whatever yeah um because up here you know i've i've seen debates between blake jerome and you know guys like the some shy q people and you know there's also guys like henry bass everyone has their own you know their own theory on how it should be done and And when i first watched the video it clicked. I'm like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. Oh my, I love it. That and boy, I I, I could have been a preacher for him. I could have been, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I absolutely hook line sinker. I I I completely fell for it. No, I don't want to say no. I don't want to say fell for it. I completely fell into the rhythm of wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I worked at it. I stayed with it, and it did. It worked wonders. But it made my, it allowed my way of thinking to know why things were happening. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as uh. I was like months and months and months into it, my way of thinking of realizing of what's happened found ways around what was happening. Right. And it circumvented itself all over again. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it is great. Don't get me wrong. And I really think it's the best teaching tool. And with these organizations wanting to bring up the younger kids and start on all this, I think that's the, they need to just pay him, sign them up. This is your basics on how to operate a shot to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let them take it the way they want, you know, yeah. forget this 10 step rule of, of whatever, but this right. is what's happening. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think people will learn more and understand the whys and how it comes. It's just that the way I think, I I I, I got too deep in it. My mind understood what was fixing to come up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Your subconscious uh, figured it out. Oh, quick, quick, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I'll have it pop up where there's days where that pin hits the middle and everything starts to shake when I start to pull on it, and it's like. Be and I could probably rectify both the the blank veil versus the shot IQ in a single metaphor. It's it's just like being an alcoholic. You just got to admit you're an alcoholic, and that's the whole point of the shot process. It's like I'm powerless. I can't do nothing about it. You got a blank veil because you have to be okay seeing the pin move and feeling the hinge go off at the same time. A thousand million times, as many times as you can make it go, because eventually that muscle memory will take over and you'll say, I'm just staring at the target. I don't care where the pin is. The pin will get there. I can, I can break and touch red and catch an X. It's a dime at 20 yards. And this time last year I was like, 
I know this is going to miss. I hope it's just to hit somebody else's target, you know, because we're down there. We're down there at the local jackpot and everybody's shooting their 14th perfect 300 of the year to go up on the wall and look nice and pretty. It's like, why is that 300 on the wall? Oh, he was shooting next to Neil that week and Neil had a Neil had a mental midget moment. But the, the shot, the shot process just has to you have to you have to tell yourself whatever I'm doing now is not working. And he's going to give you a pacifier to hold in your mind. As you shoot your bow, he's going to, he's going to, it takes two hands to shoot a bow. He's going to literally hold your hand through this process. Well, how are you going to do that, Joel? Only got two hands. I ain't got a hand to hold with you. Well, I'm going to give you the same vocabulary word 45 different ways. I'm going to make it sound really fancy. And it's almost like a tranquil, like a, like going to a hypnotist almost, um, kind of, kind of that thing, which really doesn't help your archery game all that much going to hypnotist that's a bunch of <laughs> that's a bunch <laughs> of shit because i because i tried that one too <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's you just gotta you gotta tell yourself anything to like going into a new social situation it's like oh yeah well, hang out with your friend you know maybe you'll make a new friend but just don't be awkward and it's that pins in the middle bow's got to go off what if it moves before it goes off i don't know maybe i'll just sit here and shake and never fire an arrow like okay mm-hmm. The bow is going to have to go off. The arrow will go. Maybe we'll score it. Maybe not. Maybe there's not even a target. It just makes you okay with it. And if you got to give yourself, you know, a fancy vocab word or an, an action word to transition from a open loop to a closed loop system, mm-hmm. great. If that's what you're thinking about, I mean, I'm I'm just up there going. I hope the Cowboys win tomorrow. Bam, and it goes. <laughs> you know, postseason baseball right now. Whatever, whatever you're thinking about, but keeping an empty head and not trying to just death grip the bow into it because you're just gonna yeah. you're gonna shake more. Like I went to the Rumble with Dave last year, and when I say you shake in the middle of a shot, normally I mean my bow hand. I was shaking so bad that I couldn't, my peep sight was blurry on my, my, my right hand. I'm right. I'm right-handed. So my, my release hand was shaking as much as my front hand. And I'm like, I, I don't even know if I'm in, in the center of my peep or not. Like this is, this is awful. And it was, and you know, the scores was awful, but it, it was a good tournament and we had fun and nobody died. And Dave came in senior pro top 10. I mean, Hell it was, yeah. it was, it was a good weekend. He got to go. He got to go hang out with all the big boys, and I saw some people from the ASA shoots. <laughs> that why you made me buy supper. <laughs> that is. That is. Still owe you hotel money. Golly, Hell yeah, Dave. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, it's you gotta you gotta do the blank bell work with the Joel Turner. But I don't think they're fundamentally opposed to it. I just think that you have to call them the same thing, mm-hmm. like. The the blank bailing, I do as much uh, if if I if like on my 3D bow, I know exactly what I have to dial it to four yards because some crazy dude in California named Wendell told me if I don't do my three and four yard marks, I'll never win reading. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta figure out your four yard mark. I'll put a target. Yeah, up. yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll shoot I'll shoot games at a five spot at four yards because mm-hmm. I can bury that pin in there and I can feel it go off in the hinge hand and yeah. oh, just over and over again and it doesn't move. It's it great because it. Yeah, it, it feels great. Feel good. Yeah, you got it. You got to have them breaking, and you got to say, "I don't know when this is going to go off, but I'm going to tug it just as uh, what Joel, what's what's the way Joel Turner says it? So, uh, fast enough you can feel it move. Slow enough you can stop it. You can stop it any time, right? Yeah. That's why I ru- that's why I run the hinge real cold, and I make nice. fun of all hey, the, the buttons. Yes. You got you got to be okay being where you're at. You just mm-hmm. stare at the middle. The pin will find it. It's going to do itself. It's going to do its own thing. You're merely a vessel. You're just holding the bow, sitting, cashing sponsorship checks, making all your sponsors happy. That's all. That's all I'm there to do. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it literally, 
if you'd have started this podcast with what we started with and that sentence right there, we could have been done. <laughs> I was going to say, took a took a long road to get there, but yeah, no, it. If I'm not try, I'm, I'm gonna. I want to try to be good at indoor this year. I want to do the work. I want to. I want to go enjoy it. If I'm having fun and not taking it too seriously, I'm gonna break good shots. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna put like a bunch of expectations. I got to shoot some three yeah. hundreds. That's so what I'm gonna do the, before before Vegas. Guys, I'm gonna the who the. Day- are the guys yeah. that don't roll in with expectations. You know, they're just there having fun and they put work in. So yeah. They know what they're doing. It's everybody there you hang out with every other weekend, whether it's six guys from your local club or six dudes from across the country that you maybe have never met, but you talk to on the internet. Like, yeah. every, everybody's there to do the same thing. But something about, you know, just how many tournaments you got left. How many, gotta Got to put up that perfect 990X score. Maybe it'll be me. Well, there went the first arrow. That's a nine. All right, moving on. Next nice. goal. Hit, hit the, the middle. One. Hit the next one. Yeah. Once it's once it's gone, you can't get it back. And I don't know. I feel like you can't. It can't hurt you to blank bail nine hundred arrows a week. It would probably you probably should shoot at the middle of something, especially three D. I know you. I know you guys have the orange dots on yours, but for us, knowing where the little tiny rings are that are etched into the upper and lower twelve in the middle of that ten ring, knowing knowing where those are and learning how to shoot around other people's arrows, that's not mm-hmm. something you're going to get from blank bill. But as far okay. as fundamentals go, ten of ten, a Joel Turner fan. I I think that. I mean, we could probably all get together and watch it and just chip in 25 ahead instead of paying the full 250 for it. That's a little <laughs> that's a little steep for as many buzzwords as you get. But no, it's all it's all good. Joel's a, Joel's a good dude. Oh, he's trying to create a shared account. Who wants to go? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's with me on a Joel Turner uh, shot IQ. Well, the problem is it pauses all your videos where you watched them last and there's oh, like different right. modules you go through. So if you're trying to watch it driving down the road on the way to like an ASA Pro-Am and you're doing it on your phone with the navigation, I found out you will really piss off the person you're riding with. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, we're going to watch it all on the 14-hour drive to Foley and we left at like 8 p.m. So we're going to drive all the way through the night. <laughs> and he's like, we got like... 30 seconds into the second video, he was like, forget this. This is a stupid idea. I'll just suck at archery forever. <laughs> yeah. Won't, won't, won't tell you who, but it was my buddy, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's good. Um, I, I, I don't think there's a lot of reason to debate the merits of the two because I, I feel like the goal's the same, Yeah. but it's, it's just like more than one way to skin a deer. I mean, mm-hmm. you could do it the way Dave does it, or you could do it, you know, just the, random redneck hack job you know yeah. it's like oh that ain't I think, clean i think in the end you're gonna have shooting a lot of arrows you know either way you'll figure it out you know it's our, a- lo- our local hero he just tells people to go shoot their bow he says go shoot your bow that's how you get better who's who's the local hero over there that's our, who's that's the- our mark rubio is our local hero he's a good friend of mine and uh he's a good friend of everyone up here and and he uh won vegas senior pro or uh with a senior open uh the old guy championship basically and then he won reading in the old guy class and that dude's a fucking beast and uh yeah so you know he's done shot iq he's done everything under the sun the guy's been shooting since the you know telegram was around and uh he just knows you know at, at the end of the day it's getting arrows down range 
Yeah. Well, I feel like $1,800 bow with another $2,000 strapped onto it, $600 in hotel fee plus either a lot of gas or a plane trip. This is not the time to get cheap. If it's $250 mm-hmm. to listen to Joel Turner, you can do them all in like three or four yeah. hours. It doesn't, yeah. it, it doesn't take a long time. And if it's something that you can ingrain into yourself, mm-hmm. that's cool. But I don't, it's I don't think like it's with winning a mind. It's something that almost all of us have read or, or listened to, or, you know, like you said, it's a cheap, it's easy. It's right there. It makes you better one way or another. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It indoor season is scary because 3d field, um, uh, what do you call it? Safari style. There's I feel like there's always a, not a built in excuse, but you just got, you got to, got to have a day out there mm-hmm. with indoor. You have to be so disciplined and consistent. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know the bow's tuned. I know it hits it, it, different indoor ranges, different lighting. You might give it a click up or down left or right, but it's within a few, you know, Yeah. but knowing those first six arrows, I have to, I have to hit them. I have to hit them. Cause I got to know that the light's different and I got to go three clicks over and two clicks down to be dead center. Mm-hmm. That makes me so nervous. And the whole oh. shot process just, there's Dude, it just I, out the window. I absolutely and we're just love, we're just trying to sight in. We're just trying to shoot six arrows for mm-hmm. not score, just to make sure that what we already know is dialed in is still dialed in. Nothing changed. Nothing it, changed. And we're we're beat before the starting bell already goes off. I love it, man. It's my favorite time of year. Oh, it's, it's, it's it's you versus you, oh. and everyone's got the same challenge. You know? I know. I, I love it. So. It, I like the, I like that it's climate controlled. I like this got everybody in one place. Like on the, on the, on the shooting trail, you yeah. might get three, you might get three buddies, or you might get two buddies and that dude you hate, or you don't want to <laughs> really particularly care to shoot with. But indoor, it's like, man, every, everybody's here. We're all doing the same thing. Um, the, I, I'm having trouble simulating the waiting around part because when we shoot a game, it's shoot, pull, shoot, pull, shoot, pull, ten mm-hmm. ends straight through, bang it out. And then yeah. jackpot night rolls around and there's 45 seconds to get to the line, three mm-hmm. minutes, everybody's shuffling past one another, another 10 second countdown, three minutes. And yeah. how, how can you not look at it and say that's 28 and two, 28 the hard way, as I call it. I mean, yeah. the, it takes so long to score and then you get there and, you know, sometimes some, some groups of people take longer than others. Shout oh, out yeah. to my, my bare bow homies counting on their toes, holding the <laughs> rake and a leaf blower. <laughs> Doing the math. <laughs> yeah. Hey, some of them shoot better. Some of them shoot better scores than me on yes. on an indoor though. And I've, I've seen yes. it happen and it's Bullshit. humbling. Oh yeah. You're just, you're oh, just yeah. being nice. You're being nice. <laughs> oh no, dude. I've shot a smoking hot 282 or 284 on a Vegas and bare bow Ken over there's shooting 287s and 288s going, dang, I dropped that last one. I'm like, you gotta be kidding. We had a, we, we were talking earlier about the bow hunters who come in and shoot the indoors. Mm-hmm. My buddy Ronnie Plummer showed up with a, a old bow tech. A old, I mean, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old bow tech, mm-hmm. short bars and pins, and was shooting Vegas 297s, 298s. No magnification, just yeah. absolutely hammering the trigger. Put him a put a hinge in his hand. He shoots. He shoots open style now, but man, you can't you can't just walk in and shoot a 298 with a hunting setup. And oh, dude, my buddy Tim Tim Owen, uh, he's bow hunter, fucking shoots 300s, and I'm like. 
he's telling me when are you switch to bow hunter and i'm like probably never <laughs> you know like I, I i need what i got to do what i do so i've thought about it and i think that i've somehow convinced myself that that's admitting defeat if i go back down because <laughs> it's not it's not lesser competition yeah, those no. guys can shoot just as good they're just you know, doing the, we I, die here we die i know we die here i know i know <laughs> There's a guy I shoot at ASA with. He's like, K-45 for life. I'm never winning out. The only way I'm getting out is when I age out. And then I'm going to shoot the – they shoot the same ranges, just they swap them for the under 50 and over 50 class. Right. So he goes, I'll be with my new friends. I can say whatever I want to y'all today. <laughs> it's my last year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I, I've definitely thought about – it's like maybe give it a try. It's like the forbidden fruit. Like yeah. the – can I can I get away with that? Is that acceptable? Like, no. Back in the, back in the open, you shoot long bars and magnification. I don't want to hear it. Like, can't. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, once you take the hill, you got to die there. <laughs> well, guys, I can hear my kid calling for me, so I got to call out. And I just want to tell you guys, um, thank you for having me on. It's like uh, it's an honor to be on someone else's show, and um, you know, this is just the sport I love so much. And getting to talk about it with you guys is—it's really uh, get me juiced to get back into it. You know. Well, Wendell, we appreciate you coming on, and we'll have you on. We'll, we'll ask you to come on again, and heck, we might go into stabilizers or something. You never know. Oh, I, I love but, it, dude. That's my yeah. that's my black hole. That dude, you're talking to one just like that. So, mm-hmm. hey, we'll I, have I think, you back on here in a month I or think so. You and me, David, we we travel down the lot of the same rabbit holes. You smoke yeah, weed, David? Do you smoke weed? No, bud, no, no. <laughs> I smoke bars. I smoke wood. And I smoke brisket, and I smoke pork butts. Oh, uh, excellent, dude. Excellent. Uh, I mean, I'm a dad now, so technically I don't smoke weed anymore either. So, yeah. But, but yeah, thank you guys. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, it's a lot of fun talking to you guys. Hey, you bet. Uh, we appreciate it. We hey. appreciate you, bud. Keep doing awesome. what you're doing out there. You you open up a lot of a lot of rabbit holes for us us guys that have never shot safari and never had to make a cut tape and all that kind of you know it's you, we we learn from what other people do and sometimes you learn by doing it and sometimes you learn by not doing it like yep. now now i know after talking to dave that i don't even have to test my four fletch arrows i'm just going to roll with the 3 forever <laughs> and convince myself that this is the supreme iteration of this bow setup and i'm just gonna go hammer some middle out i mean it would be the same for you if you had a 33 inch draw if Mm -hmm. you shot 50 pounds if you shot the gold tip triple x's and it was a gen 239 other than that nothing should be the same yeah go gold yeah so so what you're saying is i should be uh shooting my hoyt hunting bow at the next competition that's what that's what that's what (laughs) all i heard if I switched anything, that's what it's gonna be. <laughs> Anyways, I'll let you guys go do it. Thank you guys. You guys you have a good night. Neil, take I, care, I love man. the show. I love the show. Y'all be good. Um uh when you guys publish it, let me know. I'll I'll put it up on my Facebook and and share it around. I think more people gotta listen. This is a great show. All right, guys. I appreciate you. Take care. All right, good night, guys. Bye.